heart wants what the heart wants. We all know the saying. What I find interesting, as I do with many subjects, is what happens when something goes against the social norm. The heart wants what it wants, but what about when what the heart wants isn't exactly socially acceptable in the mainstream of life? Welcome back to the Shatter and Breathe Podcast, Episode 7. I am Sean, and as always, I wholeheartedly want to thank you for being here. Today's episode is Monopoly of Love and Intimacy, where we get into the more adult side of conversation. Love is, in a sense, monopolized with the idea that it's one way and should stay one way. However, break up the word and you get mono and poly, the social default monogamy, two hearts, one love, polyamory, multiple hearts, broaden love. What one may see as complicated and unorthodox, another may see as simpler and as natural as can be. I'm a person who absolutely loves love. I love feeling it, I love seeing it, and witnessing it bloom. Be it my own, with another, or simply being an observer of another's connection. I mentioned before that I've only had one public relationship, but I've had multiple involvements, and those involvements have been both on the monogamous side as well as the polyamorous side. Which is why I wanted to do this episode. When I had the conception of this podcast, one of the factors of it was the want to talk about many things that many may not be comfortable with. Heavily into empathy, mental health, physical health, religion, perspective but also sexuality, relationships, and beyond. You see it all the time. You see this stigma placed on relationships and all the how it should be's and that's not love's and that's not love this is. And they're so often the usual suspects of monogamous traits. Any sense of this is how it is and that's it is by design one-dimensional and exclusive. I'm somebody who won't tell you how to love, but I'm also somebody who doesn't love accordingly to somebody else's orchestration. With the exception of, of course, the one who captures my heart. To expand on this further, what I want to do this week is get get into what it means, at least to me, to be in a monogamous relationship, and also what it means to be in a polyamorous relationship. As I know both pretty well and have experience with both, I'd love to sort of shine some light on misconceptions as well as enlighten some better understanding of how big the spectrum of love really is. It's not my way or the highway. It's the best path for a beautiful journey together. Love is so beautiful and so incredible that to believe it's as boxed in as one way of being I've experienced it so many times, and in so many ways, and know for a fact there's many others who feel the same way. I feel this will resonate with a lot of people, whether they'll be willing to even admit it or not, but I think there will be people who are really happy I put this out there and open up a gateway into the conversation. So first let's get into monogamy default, the traditional, the classic. Two people meet, they fall in love, and are together. Just them, nobody else. It's their world, together, as a team. A beautiful thing. Most of us have been there. Be it love at first sight, or the hands of time pulling you closer together. What a rush, isn't it? The world keeps spinning, but all of a sudden it feels a little more balanced. Romantically and sexually, there's no room for others. There's no time for others. There's not even room for consideration of others. Now, of course, there's layers to it. Every relationship has certain boundaries, and I always support and encourage to speak, acknowledge, understand, and respect each other's boundaries. If you can't do that, be honest about it, and either be an adult and stop wasting each other's time, or work through it together, honestly and genuinely. It varies among couples, though, you know. 
For example, cheating. What is cheating? What you would say is cheating may be different than what I say is cheating. The obvious form of cheating within monogamous relationships that aren't open is having sex with another person. Now just to get it out of the way, if you're a couple that experiments and have one or two threesomes or maybe even swing, you're still monogamous, you're just curious or possibly in a type of open relationship which is perfectly healthy as long as everyone's understanding of what's happening. Where it starts to evolve into the poly realm is when it starts becoming more commonplace with specific people and feelings get involved beyond just sexually. So the main constant of what's considered cheating is having sex outside the relationship against the other's wishes. That's the one universal agreement with monogamy. I say that in the lead to where it starts to branch out. Some people believe flirting outside the relationship is cheating. Some consider any amount of flirting to be cheating. Others have levels to it. As in, a playful flirt in a passing would be fine, but full-on going out of the way flirting is a no-go. Some believe giving anybody of the attracted sex too much attention is considered cheating. Yes, to some, even talking too long, even innocently, can be seen as cheating. To some, looking at the attracted sex will be seen as cheating. It varies from when somebody looks too long, all the way to even a glance can be considered cheating to some. Some people feel as if hanging out with a friend of the attracted sex without their partner with them is cheating. Some people believe that watching porn is cheating. Some people consider hugging the other person of the attracted sex is cheating. Dancing with somebody else, talking on the phone too long with somebody else, having inside jokes with somebody else. To some, not even cutting ties with every ex you're on good terms with is considered cheating. There is such a wide range of what people can consider cheating and you see it all the time. I know I do. Where somebody will say or post something like, if you can look at another while in a relationship, you're not in love. Like, excuse me? First of all, who do you think you are speaking for everyone's heart? Once you grow up and humble yourself, then you can address something as big as love. Personally, as far as my way of relationships go, that's not an issue. For me, looking isn't cheating. It may be different for you, but I'm talking about me. And that's the entire point. I'm not condemning you for feeling a certain way. So I'm going to ask you not to condemn me either. Not just me. Don't condemn anybody else who loves differently than you. Because if it doesn't involve us, then it doesn't concern us. So that's monogamy. Two people involved only giving their bodies and their romantic heart to each other. If they wander off from that agreement and entertain somebody else sexually or romantically, then that would be considered cheating. Depending on the individuals, a wide variety of other things could be considered cheating. A relationship built on love, trust, passion, and healthy communication. It's a beautiful thing. It truly is. Now we have polyamory. Polyamory comes from the conception of Greek and Latin language that gives birth to the translation, many loves. That's exactly it. Many loves. Poly lifestyle really isn't that different from monogamous lifestyle, apart from, of course, the limits of that union. It takes the traditional sense of relationship and replaces the ideology of love being dual and implements the ide ideology of love being plurality. There are so many common misconceptions of poly lifestyle as well. A lot of people assume that open relationships are polyamorous, which isn't always true. Open relationships, where it's purely sexual freedom, are still a style of monogamy because feelings aren't involved. You'll notice that a lot of times, a couple will invite somebody into the bedroom to play with them and experiment, which is absolutely fine if both are wanting that. Where it gets a bit problematic though is when it starts becoming something else. For instance, your other half is talking a lot more to the friend you invited into the bed. Maybe they're hanging out more than they used to while you're not there. It starts becoming a bit more secretive because they're 
acting differently with each other and you're not aware of exactly what it is. If it was purely sexual, there wouldn't be an increase of non-sexual things. That's where you're reminded of the difference between open relationships and polyamory. It ties into another misconception of poly lifestyle. I'm only going to say this because, as I've said before, I've experienced it. From my personal experience between a monogamous and poly relationship, trust is even more important in the poly lifestyle. Now don't get me wrong, trust is important in every relationship. Don't doubt that for a second. What I mean by that though is people think that because you have intimate sexual relations with more than just one person, that the trust isn't as coveted. They often think that there's no such thing as cheating. Let me tell you, when you're in a poly relationship, breaking their trust is cheating. Polyamory is where two people love each other so much that they have this bond that just pulls them together. Romantically, sexually, charismatically, they just vibrate. They make each other laugh. They turn each other on. They want to give each other pleasure and be pleasured by them. Sounds familiar, right? Sounds an awful lot like any relationship where two people fall in love. Where it becomes something else is when those two people have reached a point in their lives where they feel as if their heart is not in, not only capable of loving even more, but is almost hungry to. So because they have the desire to love so openly, they make a decision to allow one another to explore those feelings if they were to form. I would like to try something real quick with you. Whoever is listening to me right now, it's just us. Unless you're listening with somebody else, which that's perfectly fine too, but you don't have to say anything out loud. Just say your answers in your mind. Nobody is listening, nobody is judging. There is no need to feel ashamed or disgusted with yourself. There's no need to feel like a bad person. It's just us, okay? I want you to think real hard on your last or maybe even current relationship. If the relationship was painful, think about whatever relationship you'd be comfortable with. If you're listening to this podcast, I know you have a beautiful heart, so I know you'll be honest with me right now, and more importantly, you'll be honest with yourself. You're in a relationship, a good relationship. Maybe it's not perfect, but you're happy. Maybe it is perfect. You're faithful, you're honest, nobody turns you on like they do. Nobody makes your heart flutter like they do. You're thinking of them right now. Your heart is theirs. You could be married, engaged, dating, doesn't matter. Now as you're smiling right now, be honest with yourself and think about that person who made you wonder. That person who made you question your thoughts. That person who made you feel like you were feeling the wrong way about them because you're in a relationship and you shouldn't be feeling this way about anybody else. If you're not thinking of anybody, that's okay. That's beautiful. If you are though, you know it. That's beautiful too. And I'm gonna tell you why it's beautiful. It's beautiful because you have a big heart. That heart of yours opened up to somebody you feel it wasn't even supposed to and you love your other half so much you held it in. They probably didn't even notice how much they affected you because you didn't let them notice. You feel so bad for feeling so flustered over somebody else, but it felt so good and innocent at the same time. Maybe even turned on by it. You didn't do anything wrong. You weren't looking for somebody else. Hell, you're not even pursuing them. It was just a moment. But what a moment it was. I'm going to tell you right now. Your body reacts how it reacts. Your heart blooms for what it wants. And when we're in a relationship, that can be a scary thought. It doesn't make you a bad person, though. It doesn't make you a cheater. It doesn't mean you should explore that feeling, either. I'm not trying to convert anyone to the polyamorous style. What I'm doing 
It's trying to help others understand that there's not a whole lot of difference between dual love and plural love. One of the biggest differences though is that on one hand you'll suppress that feeling and on the other hand you'll embrace it. In my experience the core is based on two people. It's different for different people but for me there was always that core the love grows around. That's where the trust is heavy. You're allowing others into your temple. The love of your life comes home, tells you they met somebody who touched their soul and improved their day. And to some, that can be very threatening. Honestly, if you don't deal with the little jealousy in at least the early stages of that lifestyle, then my hat's off to you because as I've said in the previous episode, I'm very territorial. So when I was introduced to it, it took a long time to really find peace with it, but I did. When you really embrace that understanding and trust, you notice just how much their pleasure, both loving and sexual, means to you. If I'm in a poly relationship and my woman says, I met this delicious guy at the store today. I would ask her if she knows he's delicious or if she's just guessing. And if she's just guessing, I'd ask her why she didn't find out. Something to take from that is she didn't have to tell me she saw an attractive guy. She could have given me a kiss, said, hey baby, and I'd be none the wiser. But she would be honest with me because there's nothing there to lie about. Let's take that same situation and apply it to how I would react in a monogamous relationship. Her gorgeous self walks in. I met this delicious guy at the store today. I would reply with something like, delicious as in hot or delicious as in adorable. I would laugh it off because there's no reason for me to be threatened by it. No matter if it's dual or plural, honest and healthy communication is so important and I'd rather stay single than not have that in my relationship. The reason I said trust is oftentimes more important in poly lifestyle is because you're sharing your heart, your body, and your mind with others, and we're human. We get jealous. We get jealous and we get territorial and if we can't be honest with each other, how can we expect to be honest about other people? With Polly, you're not cheating if you become intimate with another person. You're cheating when you decide to hide it from them. The beautiful part of Polly is when you find others outside of you two, you're so connected and in love that you start to see in them what your other half sees. You start feeling that closeness between them and it captures you because it isn't based off sex, it's based off emotion. It's fueled by love and because you're so loving and passionate, the sex is a byproduct of that. Of course, there's, there's times and room for just recreational sex as well, but that's not the core of it. You need to be able to trust your other half to be honest with you about everything and everyone. Be open with their emotions towards you and others and not keep secrets from you. It's a very heavy form of trust and it's absolutely beautiful and special. One thing that bothers me when I see it is when people lie about innocent things. Now in all fairness, I know sometimes people have strict limits on what's cheating to them as we went over that earlier. I just feel personally, if you have to lie, then what are you even doing? Why do you have to lie about having a waitress at the bar instead of a waiter? Why did you have to lie about a guy giving you a compliment? Why are you nervous to say that you ran into an ex earlier? Why are you afraid to say you dreamt about an old crush last night? You know what I mean? Like, I understand the face value reasoning of not wanting to cause an argument or make it awkward, but that makes me ask this. Who are you with that would make an issue out of something innocent? If you're too, if you're cautious to talk about something with your partner, 
what's the deeper issue there and why aren't you talking about that it leads me to the interesting fact that somebody would tell me I'm wrong for even entertaining the idea of being with more than one woman meanwhile they don't even notice their partner's been crying themselves to sleep every night to me the most important key to any relationship be it poly or monogamous is love healthy communication and respect those three are all necessities to me when it comes to my relationships I'm pretty easy to please be honest be open with me and don't have me looking stupid I don't consider checking other people out as cheating I don't believe that once you decide to enter a relationship that all of a sudden everyone on the earth besides them turns into ugly Martians of course yes there are certain situations where I can understand it being disrespectful for them or I staring too long that's just rude in general honestly ignoring your partner while checking somebody out shushing your partner while checking somebody out you know what I mean common sense stuff is of course a no-fly but if my woman wants to check out another hot man or another hot woman damn just point the woman out to me and I'll scope out for you too baby <laughs> I'm the type that if I see a beautiful sexy woman I'll point her out to her too she knows I'm not going anywhere there's no threat it's completely mutual too this is of course me speaking from a point of monogamy because that's still my default as well I'm just open to the idea of poly still if the relationship is right for it even if it was poly though there's still no threat because that's not a part of it one of the sexiest things women have ever done in my eyes is when they see a gorgeous woman and point her out to me the confidence the honesty the level of trust just lifts me off my feet honestly trust and honesty is so sexy to me and it's a fast way to my heart I don't consider watching porn cheating I suppose that would tie into the don't look rule while it's insinuated you're supposed to no longer be attracted to anybody but them but as I've said already I don't believe in that either I don't understand how that could be such an issue personally I mean, if I walk in on my girl watching porn and enjoying it, being mad is the last thing on my list of reactions. I love my woman feeling good. It really gets... You know what, let's move on. <clears throat> we may push the envelope with this episode a little bit, but not that much. I don't mind my girl having male friends. I really don't mind if she has them when I meet her because I'm not the type to make somebody ditch their friends to make me happy. I've been on the opposite side of that. It, I didn't like it or appreciate it. So I will never do that to somebody. How can I claim to care about somebody if I'm going to make them remove people they care about and have cared about long before I came into the picture? That just doesn't sit right with me. Now with that comes the question... What if they try to get with her after you and her get together? Well, the answer to that is easy. If I have to intervene, then it's not going to work anyway because I expect for her to handle that herself before it even gets to the point where there's something to notice. I'm the same way. If I'm with somebody and it's just us and they know that and still try to ruin what we got, I'll handle that myself and explain to my baby why so-and-so hasn't been around lately. It's not a hard concept, you know? Really isn't. Don't control your other half, but don't res don't disrespect them either. This probably isn't going to be a popular one, but I'm just being honest. I don't consider playful flirting to be cheating. I really don't. The reason I don't is because there's a difference between flirting for fun and flirting with intent. Playful flirting is flirting for fun. You're not swapping numbers unless you're friends and already have each other's numbers, but even if you're friends, 
you're not making plans to act on the flirting because there's nothing serious there some people typically the ones I'm attracted to are just naturally flirty I am so why would I try to change her personality the personality that I must have fallen in love with in the first place makes no sense to me of course you need to understand also with all of this the three values I require are also in place in the relationship from both of us at that point the honesty the healthy communication the openness that's already established so everything I'm saying here is coming from that standpoint on the flip side I'm not minding if she checks out another guy I don't mind if another guy compliments her that's one of the most confusing things ever how dare you find my woman attractive <laughs> like what I love when my girl gets compliments she turns me on I get turned on knowing she's turning other people on because she's mine and when we get home I'm going to remind her why like people take so much shit negatively I love it I love seeing those I love happy lit up with confidence encouraged embraced it's so important to me and I don't know how anybody could be happy with themselves when they require their other half to be miserable just to cushion their ego it's not only irritating it's heartbreaking it's truly heartbreaking and that's something else I'd like to get into one of the hardships that come with having a heart like mine a heart that really does have so much love to give is coming to terms with the fact that you can't give intimate love to everyone I don't even mean sexually I mean you can't hug everyone you can't touch just anybody's face and brush your thumb across their cheek you can't just press your forehead against another and hold their hands in yours I'll see women in relationships married engaged dating talking I'll see them in serious relationships or working on forming them who are so in love with their man sometimes woman or sometimes just feel like they're stuck with them and it just hurts it hurts me so much seeing somebody with a good heart being mistreated ignored taken for granted it hurts because they're going through it and it hurts because I can't react how I'm instinctually wanting to react I'm consoling I'm wanting to wrap you in my arms and give you the love you deserve but it's not always appropriate to do that so I don't being an empath having a strong consoling nature and also having the awareness and self-control to not overstep any boundaries to make anybody uncomfortable it can cause a really difficult struggle but the benefit of having the awareness and self-control is I'm able to help them how I can by talking to them whether I know them or not I'm not opposed to instigating a conversation if I feel somebody may need to talk to somebody they can either talk back or not if not I respect it but I can offer and sometimes they'll talk and they'll appreciate it keeping all of that in mind sometimes I feel I have to control the level of my presence because not everybody reads others the same there's been times there's been times when somebody has taken my consolation as me being romantically invested which I can understand how the lines can blur reasons like that or reasons like that are why I actively try to make them a bit clear I don't like hurting hearts I don't like misleading others because I don't like being misled it's the same way with assumptions I don't like to assume somebody feels a certain way about me just as much as I don't like somebody else assuming that I feel a certain way towards them it's why I encourage healthy communication and openness relationships and friendships it may hurt to tell somebody something that you might not think they want to hear but I'll tell you now if there's somebody who can add genuine value to your life in any capacity they'll respect you for it 
speaking of blurred lines, something else I'd like to get into now is another situation where it seems there's a rather steady divide amongst how people view it. I hear it a lot said with such certainty the statement that sex ruins friendships. I don't believe that. I believe sex between friends can be perfectly fine. I, I'll even say it can be healthy. That being said, sex without context between friends is where things can go wrong. Sex in general without context can get complicated, which is why I prefer being open and upfront with my motives. The problem, at least one of them, with a high volume of people, is when you're hungry for that connection, sometimes that hunger takes precedence. That's known psychology. This is exactly why we're aroused. When we're horny, we sometimes make poor decisions. I get it. I understand it very well. I have a very high sex drive that is rarely absent. Even when I'm not feeling too well, or if I'm full-blown sick, chances are I'm still going to be able to get turned on. So when I say I understand how hard it can be, pun 1000% intended, to be rational when you're just starving for that touch, that feeling, but it's so important. There's such, there's so much heartache, distrust, and burning of bridges due to sex without context. To even go a step further, something even worse, sex with misleading or intentionally wrong context. There's two things everybody should ask themselves and the other person before they engage sexually with somebody. They should be confirming that is consensual. There's often clear-cut signs and vibes and all that where it's obviously consensual, but if there's any sliver of a doubt about it, you really need to put your drive to the side and make sure it's a mutual desire. The next thing you need to do is ask yourself if what's happening is clear to both parties. Is this just sex? Is there more behind it? Honestly, even if you're not sure, just say that. Being honest about not being sure is a lot better than lying about uncertainty. Specifically when it comes to friends though, you two need to be aware of what it is. For scenario purpose, say you two have been friends for a while. You've always been attracted to each other, but have never made a move out of fear that it may make things awkward. Completely understandable. I'm not here to try to tell you I'm not here to tell you to try and hook up with all your hot friends. Promise that's not what I'm getting at. Please don't do that just to do it. So you two have been secretly attracted to each other for a while. One day they message you, hey what's going on? You guys talk like you usually do, all of a sudden they say, so I was wondering something, do you find me attractive? For this will say, you say yes. They respond with, well, I've been attracted to you for a long time. I just never said anything, but I have. Now we can branch off into a separation of the context here, with the context being just sex. Example would be, I'm not asking you to be with me or anything like that. I really love our friendship. I was just wondering if maybe you'd like to hook up sometime. If I'm horny and you're horny, why not? Now, with the context being possibly more. The example being, so I was just wondering if maybe sometime you and I could maybe see where that could go. If you're needing some release and so am I, maybe something can happen. Maybe just sex, maybe more. You can hear the difference, right? You don't have to form a detailed contract with them, but you should always make sure your intention's clear. And also, it's always worth it to mention, if they say no, then take the no and respect it. That's another reason that it can be an issue for some. The ego is as persuasive as the libido, and when you let both off their leash, it can be very messy. That's what I mean by sex without context being bad for friendships, as well as unhealthy in general among people. Personally for me, when we're both aware of what it is, it's so much better. We've all been young and naive, 
Sometimes we're afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. Sometimes we're afraid of blowing our shot. And yes, once again, the biggest of puns intended. Blowing our shot with somebody we're really into. You owe it to the other person, though, as they owe it to you, to be upfront and honest with what it is and what's expected, if anything. This is all general consensus, but in the realm of friendship, it's vital because if they're really your friend, you'll respect them. If you're willing to ruin your friendship over something like blind sex, as I'll call it, then you don't respect them or the bond you have. When you have a real friend, a true friend, you should be comfortable with them. You should be able to have these sorts of conversations, as well as being an adult and respecting the answers you're given. Respecting them by not treating them like with childish attitudes and making them feel a negative way. Respect them by keeping that same level of respect with them, and if you don't think you'll be able to, then you're not ready for that step. If you're not ready for that step, then don't take it. It's also very important to know your friend well enough to know whether or not they may be, be able to have that conversation. Why I say you should really know a person if they're your friend and if you know them and if you guys have that strong bond and openness with each other then you'll know if it's a wise conversation to have or not. When you're friends with somebody you know them. You have mutual respect for them. That's the people I'm talking about. I say that to implement the idea that you should be able to have a healthy conversation about that with them. If you're not comfortable talking about it with them, then simply don't. I'm not saying or implying that if you're attracted to your friend, pursue that attraction. I'm simply pointing out that the belief that sex will ruin a friendship is not a guarantee, and to the contrary, it can be a very healthy and beautiful thing if something's organic and honest. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorite movies, because it isn't, but I want to quote something from a movie I really did enjoy. It's a movie from 2013 starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Scarlett Johansson, Julianne Moore, and really an all-around solid cast. It's called Don John. If you don't know about this movie, it's about JGL's character Johnny, who is a ladies' man, loves women, loves sex, but to him, not even the real thing is better than porn. He hooks up with woman after woman and it doesn't matter. He can't feel satisfied until he gets off to that quote unquote perfect video in that moment. It got rough reviews but honestly I really enjoyed it. It's different, you know? Also at the end of the movie it really dives into why he is the way he is and it's just an amazing outlook on something that I think a lot of people could learn from. I'd like to share a quote with you guys from that movie that I feel adds to what I'm talking about here. There's a quote from John at the end of the movie. So if you do want to give it a watch, maybe you don't want to listen to this. I hate spoiling movies, even accidentally, but this movie's been out for nine years now. But I'm still going to warn you. It won't take more than a minute or so, I imagine, if you'd want to skip it. The quote goes like this, from John's narration. I don't usually like it when a girl looks me right in the eye, and this girl does that a lot. But I don't know what it is about her. When she does it, I don't mind. I just look right back at her, and pretty soon, I'm hard as a fucking rock. It's like she knows what I'm thinking, or I know what she's thinking, or I don't know. It's that two-way thing. I fucking love it. And I don't mean love like I love her, I want to marry her. I'm definitely not thinking about all that shit. And she's not either. She can't. I guess I just mean love like, you know, like when we're making love. And while we're doing it, all the bullshit does fade away and it's just me and her right there. And yeah, I do lose myself in her. And I can tell she's losing herself in me. And we're just fucking lost together. I want to make sure that nobody takes what I'm saying as me 
downplaying sex and its importance or it being something to just give away to anyone. Quite the opposite. I find it to be much more beneficial, arousing, and beautiful for all parties involved when there's a connection there. Yes, yeah, sometimes we have an itch to go out and have fun with a complete stranger or have only known them a couple days. Sometimes the idea of not knowing the person is a turn on itself. I'm not kink shaming anybody or judging anybody's lifestyle. For me though, nothing beats a connection. It just adds to it all. So yeah, when it comes to friends, there's nothing wrong with exploring that love into a physical realm with each other. If it's something you both are wanting. Not like it's unheard of either. We all heard the term fuck buddies or friends with benefits. That being said, it's absolutely worth mentioning something else. One of the ways it can be seen as problematic is when it comes to the moment where one of the friends who have this bond finds themselves in a relationship. Now, they are most likely committed to this person, as they should be if they're monogamous. And now those scenarios can be a few things. Jealousy on the friend's part. They're having this big part of the of the bond with the person taken away and now they're worried if they're and now they're worried if they'll be able to deal with it or not. If they're honest with their new partner and have made it aware that they've had sex with a friend, maybe there's going to be tension because of that. Some people have a hard time when their other half stays close with somebody they previously had sexual relationship with. It's a lot to unpack in that area alone, so I'm going to save that for another episode down the line. I'll say this though, it all comes back to where I said you need to understand what it is before you cross that threshold. Keeping the other person aware of your feelings doesn't start and stop at the initial conversation. It starts there and you need to keep that open with them. If you're as close as you should be in that situation, take a moment to think if you'd find yourself in that situation in the first place. And if you do, do respect them enough to be honest about it. There's always been the discussion of fucking versus making love. When you fuck somebody, it's that raw hunger and need. It's scratching a deep throbbing itch that's driving you crazy. When you make love with somebody, it's that deep beautiful connection of their body and your body giving into each other, sharing both of your most natural assets with each other and pouring your heart into each other while being as close as physically possible to each other, so close that you're inside them or they're inside you. The two were not mutually exclusive though. The throwaway view of making love is oftentimes regarded as strictly slow and safe, some would say vanilla even. That couldn't be further from the truth. That couldn't be further from the truth. I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about. When the love is there, it isn't staying calm and poetic, it's possibly branching out to rough and demanding, sometimes even dangerous and chaotic. I've used terms to describe such moments as making violent love, using the word violent but stripping its negative DNA. The word is just to describe the roughness, the recklessness of that raw and unchained passion letting loose. The voyeurs looking through your window may think it's some aggressive wild sex, but when it's two people in love, the love, of, the love is still absolutely being made. I love love, I love intimacy, I love connection, I love seeing it. I of course love feeling it. It's beautiful, but to see it is so special. I love seeing people who have been through rough times find the peace they've craved for so long. I love seeing the heartbroken woman who cries herself to sleep at night finding herself in the arms of somebody who makes her smile wider than she ever thought possible. I love seeing the broken man who time and time again has felt un undervalued and hurt, finding himself holding hands with somebody who truly wants to calm his storms. I love seeing people find peace after waging so many wars with themselves by means of hard relationships and self-manipulations of putting the reasoning behind their failures on their shoulders alone. I'll be honest with you, one of the weirdest things that's happened to me through getting C-19 and going through months of post-C19, it's made me a bit more interested in finding somebody. 
it could be because I've been single so long that maybe I've just hit that point of interest again, but I'm trying to understand if it's just that or if it's something more. Like I said, when I had it, it heavily affected me mentally, and one of the unexpected feelings I got was this higher interest in getting into a solid relationship. One of the reasons I stay single was because I'm not in a place where I feel I can offer what I want to offer. What I feel I should be able to offer, so I'm still not looking, but I suppose I'm a bit more open to trying, if that makes sense. As I said before, monogamy is my default, personal preference, just speaking for me. I feel even a polyamorous relationship is a lot more sound when it begins with two. I'm not saying when I get into my next relationship that I'm planning on becoming poly. That's completely dual dependent on who I feel that connection with. If you pre-plan your relationships, you're already hindering it. Think about it. You can't pre-plan a relationship and expect it to work because you're already telling your potential partner that you're not taking them into account. What I'm saying though is if a relationship, anybody's relationship, has that solid foundation, then you'll find it a whole lot easier and genuine to build off of that, be it life or lives. For me, all my relationships started too. Yes, of course they do start at zero when you take into account the people themselves, who they are decide the chemistry and synchronization of the relationship. Though, whether it's mono or poly, I really feel that the flower blooms stronger with the perfect combination of those two connected seeds. It's going to be a while, but in about a month, four weeks, episode 11 is going to be called It's Okay to Love, where I'm going to get into the spectrum of love more and talk about things like past love, past relationships, and things like co-parenting and coexisting. It's a lot about putting to rest the concept that you have to dislike your exes or your child's father or mother who you no longer are romantically involved with. I'll of course get into the different circumstances and reasonings and all that. I completely oppose anybody staying in an unhealthy environment especially when children are involved. Also, I think that would be a good episode to talk about what I mentioned earlier. Some insight on what can happen when you find yourself falling in love with somebody while you're still very close with your friend with cut-off benefits. I'll get more into all that then, though. So, if you like this episode, I think you'll really enjoy episode 11 when it comes out. So to sort of cap this episode off, whether your relationship is traditional monogamy or the more branching polyamory, or maybe somewhere in the middle, your love is valuable and special. Nobody outside of your bond can tell you what your bond is or how valid it is. Love doesn't need validation from anybody who isn't within that connection. Each style of love has its pros and cons because humanity will always be flawed. But anybody who judges your way of loving is dealing more with some confusion on their own behalf. I think people spend too much time worrying about how other people love and judging it, which causes their own love life to suffer. Have you ever met somebody who talks down on the way others love? while having a solid and admirable relationship of their own? I personally haven't. Love who you want, and love how you want. As long as it's mutual and a proper age, you don't have to answer to anybody. Your partner, your friend, or maybe even a stranger you just met who you felt that pull of warmth and passion and just got to know. Love has no walls, floors, or ceilings. It just is. So love hard, love deep, keep yourself safe by knowing the person, paying attention to the way their actions meet their words, taking the right precautions. Nobody can speak for your heart or your body except you, not your friends, not your family, not your church. I'm a child of God, 
I know this subject isn't always comfortable, but that's our personal journey. A journey I'm still on as well, trying to fully understand as best I can because I've been blessed so many times through sinful experiences. I don't know the answers, I'm just trying to find them out, and I think it's a whole lot better when you have somebody to love while you figure it out together. That being said, I thank you so much for being here with me again. It feels so good being back and being able to talk to you guys and just reconnect. I have a lot of ideas planned for the future of this podcast. I'll be talking a lot about those on Casual Episode 10 in three weeks. Next week is Episode 8, Friendships and How They Sail, where I'll be talking about blessings that are friendships and how valuable they are to us. Not financially, but emotionally and how healthy they are for the soul. I'll be talking to you about some of my closest friends, sort of me, giving them their flowers and explaining why they mean so much to me. All that mixed with my views and appreciation for friendship itself, and how much a good person in our life can change our course for the better, especially when we're in one of those dark places. Remember to check out the link tree to keep up with everything going on. Best place to stay connected is the Facebook page. Of course, check out the shop as well if you like. Also, let me know if you'd like to see more of this kind of content. Like I said, we'll have more on love in episode 11, but if you're up for more adult-themed episodes, be sure to let me know, and that'll open up my range of what to bring you guys, so feedback is always appreciated. I pray the rest of your day is as wonderful as you are. This is the Shatter and Breathe Podcast. I am Sean, and until next time, be safe, be thankful, and God bless.